No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and today we're speaking to an absolute legend in the biz, if you know what I mean. Angela White is in the building. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? You're a little shy or something? I do get shy. Really? Yeah, I do. But you've been in the game for a long time, and you've done things a lot more invasive than being asked questions by a Caucasian man on camera for an hour. Sure. Um... <laughs> I guess um, that's where I'm really comfortable, though, is doing those kinds of acts on camera. That's where mm. I'm, I'm in my element. Really? Yeah. But there's a lot more to you. Look, if you were fucking me while we're doing this interview, it would be much easier. Really? It's so much easier. I'm much more comfortable. Well, the thing about YouTube is <laughs> they would look down upon that. I understand. I think... Hey, the, hey, remember when you ruined our threesome? Oh, my God. I was wondering how long you were going to wait before you brought it up. That's amazing. Now I got to tell the story. All right. So I show up. My girl's first planned out OnlyFans threesome shoot after the baby. So it's, you know, it's been six months or whatever. So she's like ready to get back in the game. She's going to come back in with a heavy hitter. She got Angela White. Adam, all you got to do is pull up. Jerked off in the shower in the morning so that I would be ready. I show up. I'm feeling myself having a good time, heavily caffeinated. I noticed that there's a bunch of posters for a band. I'm not going to say what band because I don't want to drag the person whose Airbnb this was into this. But I say, I tweet out, I just showed up to shoot a porno and there's all this memorabilia mm -hmm. on the wall. Within like five minutes, my girl gets a call because I forget that I have almost a million Twitter followers. Sometimes that eludes me. And we get kicked out and we don't get to shoot the shot. And I screw my girl over, waste your time. I felt like a moron. First mistake was tweeting. You never tweet from set. Yeah. Never. Never. I should have thought about that. Yeah. You always wait till afterwards, after you've already done right. the scene, you're wrapped, you're out of there, then you tweet. I guess like... You you still have that like renegade mentality where it's it's almost like you're doing like a bank robbery by shooting in this place. Because you're not supposed to. Technically. Sometimes. You just don't want to draw attention to yourself. Mm. Even if everybody is aware that you're shooting porn at the location, why draw attention to yourself? Exactly. And why not tweet it a few hours later yeah, after I left? Exactly. And then you could have fucked us both. Are we swearing on this podcast? We're booked for Wednesday, right? Yeah, you're fucking me Wednesday, unless okay. you fuck up again. Unless I fuck up again. <laughs> I'm going to come equipped. I'm going to come ready. <laughs> Oozing with blue chew, just foaming at the mouth. And a little ad there, just a little slip. Might have to slide that in, yeah. Um, but anyway, Angela, it's so nice to have you here. I'm sorry about that prior incident that That's made me feel. Okay. I felt like the biggest amateur in the world. It wasn't too bad for me because I had already fucked your girl. So, so you already got some content. I, yeah. Well, I mean, it was more about the fucking Lena, which was amazing. I don't so. blame you at all because certainly Thank she's... Thank you. I think she has more value in that situation. I'm not going to... I'm not going <laughs> to... Put, I'm not going to put a value on, on either of you, but I'm sure it will be great on Wednesday when we can finally make it happen. I'm excited. Yeah. Sounds great. Let me tell you the first... So when I first went to the AVN Awards... I forget mm -hmm. what year it was, but it might have been five years ago. It might have been 2017. Okay. I forget. But either way. Did you way, come onto the Vixen stage? Um, I'm talking about the actual awards show. But yeah, well, I was on the, the whole Vixen area. Yeah, I think that I, was 2018. I, think um, I, I met yeah. you then, and 
I, I had seen you for sure on all the different sites and everything like that, but th- you know, I wasn't like fully aware of that much about you. And then we go to the awards show and you just fucking win every award. And I remember me and my girl being like, we gotta, we gotta view more of her content. This is insane. You just dominated Michael Jordan, <laughs> Michael Jordan. Um, and so I guess that that's that's just a fun anecdote that that kind of blew my mind at that time. Yeah, that was a record number of awards. Won. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I was really proud of that moment. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Yeah, but it was kind of like it, that was a really difficult um, couple of days leading up to that show, doing the convention and then the awards because I was terribly sick really i don't know if you remember that like i couldn't speak to you on the stage because i was losing my voice but i had to host the avian awards that night Uh that was 2018 so i was hosting the awards show i could barely speak the couple of days beforehand so i was saving my voice i wouldn't speak to anyone i didn't want anyone to think i was rude so i was trying to have like people beside me like explaining why she's not speaking wow yeah because i think a lot of people don't know that that is like the most hectic weekend of the average like the adult performers mm-hmm. who do go to that it's pretty much the most hectic weekend of their life for of that year myself i was going thinking that i was just going to party and and all the girls were going to want to go out and party and turn up and stuff turns out it's not really the case because most of them are like signing and taking yeah. photos for eight hours and then have social obligations at night it's really if there's ever a time where a girl's going to want to get some sleep it's probably there yeah it's work. It really is. It's fun. Like, yeah. it's fun work. It's great meeting all your fans. And there is definitely a party environment. But you have obligations every night to be at parties, to host parties. And then you have to wake up early, be in makeup. So then you're, you're and you're meeting hundreds of people. So mm. it's, you know, it's exhausting. It's fun, but it's exhausting. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I think part of that, of what kind of impresses me or amazes me about how consistent you've been for all these years and how you've really kind of managed to have like the longevity that we're just used to like very few people in the industry being able to pull off i mean i love what i do that really helps right okay we gotta go back a little bit okay melbourne or where in australia you're from uh sydney originally i I moved down to melbourne for university so kind of i feel like sydney and melbourne are both my homes in australia right so what about your upbringing? Anything we need to know? Anything crazy that stands out as informative about what you would go on to do with your life? I think the things that inform my sexuality all happened in high school. Really? Um, yeah, I was criticized heavily in high school for the ways that I expressed my sexuality. Um, I was labeled a slut when I was sleeping with men, and then I was labeled a lesbian when I was sleeping with women. It was like no matter what I did sexually, it was deemed inappropriate. Wow. Um, and porn was the first place that I saw women being celebrated for having sex with multiple people. Mm. So that's where I kind of got my ideas about porn being this safe space for me to express and explore my sexuality. Wow. That's interesting. So you're like a young kid. You're already tuned into porn. I'm assuming at this point Mm -hmm. you're you're young watching on the computer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then mainly magazines. Really? Yeah. It was was hard to even get a hold of magazines at that point, but yeah. yeah. What you were, your internet access was restricted. It was just so slow. Really? Yeah. It was dial up. Like in, in what year? What year are we talking? Because didn't you get into the biz in like 2012 or something? 2003. Oh, that early! Holy shit! Yeah. I'm, I'm totally off yeah. base. Okay. But I I didn't start doing boy girl porn until 2011. Okay, that's so, what I was thinking yeah, of. Okay, okay. I did girl girl for eight years before I started doing boy girl porn. Wow. 
Yeah. That's like a long stretch in the that's, in the in the D leagues. That's already a c- career. <laughs> it's already my, a go go phone career. Like the amateur yeah. circuit before you <laughs> yeah. switched it up. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay, but so you you were hooking up with multiple guys at the same time, or what were you doing that really yeah. like got you the most shit? I mean, I was hooking up with a bunch of different people, multiple guys at the same time, girls, multiple girls. And I just wanted to explore. Right. So, and. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and how bad was the uh, societal repercussion? It was pretty bad. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. If, so, if, if it was anything like when I was in school, it probably would have been pretty bad, yeah. It was pretty bad. I mean, this was before slut walks. So mm-hmm. there was no, like, I mean, slut shaming was big, and, and you couldn't really claim to be a slut in a proud way. I mean, right. I tried my best. Mm. Um, but uh, the slang for lesbian in Australia is lemon. Oh, I So, if, yeah, you're, you're a lemon. That's a, it's a derogatory term. Uh-huh. Um, so I would get lemons thrown at me at school and, you know, it's kind of painful. If you go to the, the supermarket and buy a fruit to torment somebody over their sexuality, that's really something else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I got punched in the face too. By yeah. another girl. Yeah. For being a lesbian. So, I mean, I did, mm, maybe I shouldn't have said what I said, but she was, she was like, are you a fucking lesbian? Like coming up in my face. And I said, why are you interested? (laughs) And that's when I got punched in the face. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. And you probably didn't, did you feel like you were even like deserving of sympathy or were you sort of like brainwashed by these people to a certain extent into thinking that you really were wrong for what you were interested in? No, if anything, it kind of made me like I had more resolve. Like I was, I, I was like, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. Right. And so it made me want to get into porn even more because I was like, okay, you know what? There's a place for me where I can explore my sexuality and be who I am. Right. And I'm going to be celebrated for that rather than criticized. So it just kind of solidified my, my want even more. That's amazing. Yeah. But before you had joined the porn world, you went to college in Melbourne and studied gender studies or were you doing adult content at the same time? Same time. Okay. Yeah. So as soon as you got out of high school, turned 18 type thing or? No, I actually, I, I, I didn't go straight at t- into okay. university. I kind of took some time for myself and I was shooting porn during that, that period. Just on um, a solo tip or, or what were, where, what kind of content were you shooting and was who was there to shoot with in Australia? I'm not sure. Um, actually, my first porn that I shot was actually in Miami. Oh, here. wow. So yeah, you, in Florida. you took the trip. Okay. Yeah. So Australian girls love coming to America on vacation. <laughs> yeah, we do. All the time. I'll always meet a girl at the club or the bar or whatever. And there's just Australia, the Australian girls coming to town for a few weeks or a few months mm-hmm. just to take it in. And I'll always be like, that's amazing because American girls aren't doing that. Australians love to travel. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're isolated on that island. So mm. we love to, we love to leave. It is a lovely island. Though. I fucking is. love it out there. Beautiful. Yeah. But okay, so you decide to describe shooting that in that early stage of your career. Okay, so I'm, I just turned 18. I'm still actually in high school at this point. Oh, wow. So I contacted a porn company that I'd wanted to shoot for. It was actually um, Score. I don't know if you know them. They used to, I mean, they, they still exist. Okay. Um, they have Score Magazine, Voluptuous Magazine, and, and their website. Okay. And they specialize in big breasts. So I was like, okay. That's and you, you've always been equipped with that? or Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, since I was 14, so right. for long enough. Um, so they were the company that I knew that my body was most suited for. So I contacted them. I actually sent them like a disc of amateur photos that I had my friends take. Oh, Snail so cool. mail. What a sign of the times. A handwritten letter wow. <laughs> saying, I've never been shot. I really want my first shoot to be with you guys. 
And yeah, and I mean, what was their reaction? Like, were yeah, they excited like, to work yes, with you? Yes, yeah. Objectively, how good did you look at that time in your life? Were you? I mean, I think I look a lot better now, okay. to be honest. Um, but I, I had what they wanted. You know, I had like the big natural boobs that they specialize in. And I knew that this company was willing to and, and often flew uh, overseas models into Miami to shoot. That okay. was kind of their thing. I think they were really trying to differentiate themselves from like the mainstream L.A. industry mm -hmm. by getting big natural boob girls from around Europe. So I was the first Australian. I think I'm the only Australian that they've flown out there. But um, they were flying girls from the Czech Republic, um, from Germany, from France, like everywhere. So I knew that they had the money and were willing to fly girls overseas. Uh -huh. So I was like, okay, I've got the body that they like to have in their magazine. I mean, yeah, I'm overseas, but they, they clearly are willing to fly girls in. And right. they were keen straight away. How was the experience of actually doing it? You loved it. I loved it. It was so good because I'd been waiting since I was 14. I'm literally just sitting there waiting, getting through high school, but just waiting for the opportunity to finally shoot porn. Wow. So that was years of me dreaming about being shot. And then I finally land there in Miami. And they treated me like a princess. You know, I'd never had my makeup and hair done. I'd never had that experience. So I walk in, they're treating me like a princess. What do you need? Do you need some water? What do you want to eat? Let me do your makeup, do your hair, dress you up. Right. And then take all these pretty photos. It was incredible. And it was the first time I'd been overseas by myself. I'd been overseas with my family before, but going overseas by yourself while you're still in high school, it's kind of right. wild. So you were just shooting like solo stuff or were you doing girl girl at that time? I wanted to do girl girl, but they started me off just solo, which oh, okay. I understand they'd never met me. They probably wanted to, you know, feel me out. Um, maybe they didn't even know if I would turn up. So we just did solo on that trip and we did my first showcase movie, a solo showcase called A Day with Angela White. Wow. It was more than a day, but it, did you feel like it kind of blew up right away? Like there was a real appetite for you? No. No. Okay. No. It was relatively yeah. normal entrance into the industry. I think Score and Voluptuous have their hardcore loyal fans, and so within their um, fan group, I was very popular. But um, no, it took many years of grinding before I got any like recognition. But doing boy girl content was off the table for you in the beginning. I just wasn't ready. Mm. I just wasn't ready. So my decisions have always been based on this kind of fuck yeah uh, motto. So like if I think about something and my initial reaction is fuck yeah, I want to do that, <laughs> then I do it. Okay. If I think about something and I'm like, uh, that's it. The, the, that, that means no. Right. There's something in my gut, whatever it is, even if I can't put my finger on why it is that I'm not comfortable doing it. I don't do it. And I think that's actually one of the reasons I've been so successful in this career is that I don't do sexual acts on camera or, or off camera that I'm not like, yes, fuck yeah, I want to do that. Really? Yeah. So that's like your kind of thing that's guiding you. Yeah. Your guiding light. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. For sure. Um, but it's interesting, though, because you were like in high school, sort of like aspiring to be one of these girls who's doing stuff with like multiple guys and stuff. And then once you actually get into the industry, you decided to tone it down a bit for a while, at least. Well, that's where the shyness comes in, or I guess that sort of like uncertainty, right. because uh, I'll be honest, initially I said, yeah, I want to do boy girl. Mm. And then when they said, OK, we'll shoot boy girl. I was like, oh, um, yeah. Right. And I had that that little niggling like, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should like. Just dip my toe first, like. Right. Yeah. So, 
then you go back to Australia and you decide you want to go to school for like I, I just found it so interesting that you went to school for gender studies and like that that was kind of an informative part of why you decided to go so so far in this industry I'm guessing like what made you want to go to school for that and, and did it relate to the adult content yeah well part of it was like I really didn't understand all the negativity that I was getting when I told people that I was in porn like people would always ask me oh well don't you feel degraded mm. and that just never made any sense to me i'm like why why would you ask if i'm feeling degraded it's sex i love to fuck and right. these are i mean at that time i was only fucking women on camera but i'm like how is it how sex isn't degrading if it's consensual so why would having sex in front of a camera be degrading right so it was when i started realizing oh these are like anti-porn feminist arguments that that are being brought up when i'm mentioning my porn career and i really wanted to unpack that and understand like why right. why why do they have these feelings and so i went to the university of melbourne i did a degree in gender studies and i mean that's that was the degree that most allowed me to focus my studies on pornography and and the sex industry more generally right um was there an extent to which like as you want to understand the totality of this sort of argument of you know viewing feminism as you know sex worker positive or completely against it were you was your mind entirely made up that you were you were pro sex worker? Did, was there part of you that was like maybe they have a point? Maybe I should understand their argument better as well. I'm a very open person, mm. so I do like to. I mean, all I knew is that my own experiences in porn were really positive, and mm. that doesn't mean that everybody's experiences in porn are positive. And as you would know, there are some people that are not meant for porn like porn is just not something that uh, that brings them pleasure mm -hmm. and, and there's people like me who you know right. just love it so i was open to their arguments i really and you can't really unpack someone's arguments unless you're open mm. to, to understanding where those arguments are coming from right so i did i wanted to learn i wanted to learn why yeah because i find like i i end up ignoring people who have anything negative to say about porn 99% of the time, but it, it, it is kind of interesting when you actually do bother to wade into the conversation because it feels mm -hmm. like I almost never like hear a good argument against it. Mm -hmm. It's always something stupid. It's always like, you know, like, like just that they, they believe that there's like an inherent shame in doing this or yeah. whatever. And it's like, I don't have that shame. So like you're gonna have to start somewhere else in terms of what you think the argument is that porn is so bad, you know? I think starting from a place of empathy is really mm. important. Like trying to empathize with them of why do they have, cause sometimes there are very extreme reactions that they're mm. having. So why are they having that reaction? And what, what truth actually underlies um, their problem with pornography because mm. okay when 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 people argue oh wh wh why won't someone think of the children think of the children okay all right well porn isn't created for children right. it's it's adult entertainment for a reason we have it's laws for, that they can't buy it and whatnot. yeah it's yeah. it's for adults and just like we don't watch fast and the furious to learn how to drive we don't watch porn to learn how to have sex so right. so underlying there is an issue here that um certain young people have maybe access to pornography when they shouldn't have and they don't have the right sexual education to be able to understand what they're watching mm. so but the problem isn't porn right porn isn't the issue adults should be allowed to purchase and view consensually made ethical pornography yeah like if their argument is that it's a problem that kids might be seeing that kind of content we're all in agreement yes. on that 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 is a very bad thing that should be avoided there should be laws in place so that it's harder for kids to get access to that 
We're 100 percent on the same page on that. Well, I don't know about laws. I always it always right. gets. I'm always like, oh, yeah. it's a law. But I do think that we need um, better sexual education right. and age appropriate porn literacy. Now that does not mean showing kids porn. What that means is kind of like we would explain to a child that a horror film isn't real. Right. And you know, young adults need to understand that porn is it's entertainment. Mm. So it's not necessarily what you should be doing in the bedroom. Yeah, it's such a, a weird topic because, you know, it's it's an uncomfortable thing to think that you even have to have this kind of conversation with a kid at a certain point. Mm. But clearly there is a time in which you have to have a conversation about it. The whole question is like, when is that kid going to be ready to like, you know, yeah. my parents, like the, the information they gave me about sex was so bare bones that I can very <laughs> clearly say that like my parents sort of like giving me like a five minute talk about what, por- what, what sex was and then me having to figure out about porn and about everything else on my own was probably not ideal for my development. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I figured all this stuff out from like my friends at school and shit. It's like, yeah. I didn't f- and, and porno magazines that we found in the woods, you know, it's like yeah. we could probably have done better in that regard. Yeah. Mm. But, um, okay. So yeah, I mean that, that, that has always been an annoying thing. What, what did you find when you were going to school for gender studies and everything? Did you just absolutely love being in that environment? Did it, did, mm. what was your experience like with that? Yeah, I loved it. I, I mean, I, I've always been very focused in my life. I'm very much like I'm, I've, I've kind of always been obsessed with sex. Even as a kid, I was like the, the kid in the library, like looking at all the cartoon illustrations of mm. intercourse and where babies come from and all of that. Um, so everything that I've done as an as an adult has always been kind of a somehow related to sex so Mm. obviously i'm i've been in sex work i studied sex at university um even when like i run for ran for politics that was uh, about sex work again Mm. um so there's definitely been a very much a focus in my life a focus on sex so i loved being in that environment just being able to sit there and talk about sex and and sex work and the the good and the bad and what do you think, like, when you actually look at why you're so drawn to that kind of uh, content and why it's just mm. always made sense to you, like, what, what kind of conclusions have you sort of come to that help you to understand that? And, and uh, as you've gotten older in particular, I'm sure you kind of ask yourself, like, everybody has sex. Why am I this consumed with it? Why did I decide to go into this field, et cetera? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, I'm a very, like, sensual person and Mm. in in the sense of like my senses like I love to indulge my senses so sight and sound and taste like I'm very much into indulging in all of it so sex to me is um for me it's it's a uh, it's kind of like everything's better with sex. Like I love to, I love to connect with people through sex. Um, sex, sex is very interesting because it's a way that you can be fully present, but also escape. Mm. So if you're, if it, it's one of the only, I guess, things that you can do where you can be almost both at once. That's interesting. And I think every conversation starts with sex. Well, like, am I going to fuck this person? Would I like to fuck this person? I feel like a lot of people would disagree with that. A lot of people okay. would say, no, I'm having conversations all the time with people and I'm not considering having sex no, with them. I No, mean, I mean, but you've right. considered, you you know you're not going to have sex. How do you know you're not going to have sex with them? Because a little part of your brain was like, am I going to have sex with this person? No, I'm not. Right. Like, 
I can easily put them in the not you're, having you're, sex with them category the, and then move you've on. You put yeah. them in that category because you thought about sex even for a split second. And you were like, nope. But it is weird when you think about where it's super easy to understand why people want to have sex, even when, you know, for, you know, biologically, we are Mm -hmm. built to essentially want to reproduce. But Mm -hmm. then sometimes when I'm chilling with my girl or or we have a bunch of other girls over and we're having like a fucking orgy or whatever, and I'm kind of like, what is it that makes us so exciting about me? Because obviously, clearly, we're all very invested in not reproducing from (laughs) this. Like, what is it that's like occupying so much of my brain that I want to be involved with this for hours at a time, you know? What's pleasurable? We're also social creatures, and it is a way that we socially interact with one another. Maybe not with everyone, Mm. but with the people we like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, I've had sex with women during even just doing content and really felt like I knew them on a a deeper level after that. Yeah. Literally deep. And then every time you see them, it's kind of like you have that weird little like half connection because you you hooked up, but it was was for content, but you did hook up. Yep. Yeah. Although when I see women that I had sex with with a condom, I don't really feel anything. Really? You think that there's a barrier, literally That's and just not, yeah. I don't feel like we've really shared that much. It has to be bare. Yeah. Raw. I don't know. That's just where I've gotten to at this point in my life. Okay. Anyway, okay, so did you always know that you were going to, to study this topic because you wanted to then dedicate your life to, or were you, no. per, you thought you were going to stay in academia? I mean, I thought I was, I thought I was actually going to study journalism. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I realized that I was not after I got all those questions. So, right. Yeah. So then, how do you proceed with your career once you graduate, or, or what happens? I, it was actually after I graduated that I decided to, to do boy girl. It was okay. kind of like this transitional period of my life, and I'm like, okay, what next? What am I going to do? Did next? you like have a relationship end that then made you want to try? No. I, I just kind of automatically <laughs> assumed that if you weren't doing boy girl in the beginning, it might have been a guy around no. who wasn't. Okay. No, all my decisions have always been based on that fuck yeah motto. Nice. It's always the fuck yeah. Okay. So I, I just finished my degree. I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do next. And I started thinking about boy girl again. I periodically would, would, be, would question, okay, should I do it now? Should I do it? Shouldn't I? And that was the first time I'd ever thought about boy girl and got that fuck yeah answer. Really? Yeah. I started thinking about it more and more. I started masturbating about it. So I was like, okay, this is it. And I kind of, you know, I still, even though I had the fuck yeah, I still went through like all the pros and cons and I still came to the end of it and was like, you know what? Fuck yeah. I want to do this. So you go back to Miami or you go to LA or how do you actually Um, do this? It was actually shot in um, St. Martin. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And how was that? Was it everything you had hoped for? Yeah. It was amazing. Really? Yeah. Describe the difference practically between girl girl and boy girl like obviously there's a guy etc does it take a lot longer is a lot more complications like from your perspective what what was different Mm. okay well there's people see a difference in girl girl and boy girl it's kind of actually misogynist it's kind of fucked up that for some reason like boy girl is considered hardcore and girl girl is considered softcore like Like if two girls are fucking, they're fucking. Like mm. why is why is there a hierarchy? But right. there still kind of is. Um, so there's that difference. Like I was becoming more hardcore. Mm. Um, what was the difference? Um, I mean, it, I was again uh, excited and nervous because it was something new. Mm. Obviously, I was penetrated. 
<laughs> very deeply by a dick. Um, Presumably a large one. It was very large. Right. And in fact, um, when we, we did the photos first and as we were shooting the photos, you know, I, I'd done the, the BJ portion and he was about to stick it in. And I was like, you know what? I don't think that's going to fit. And that was, as I said, fit. He just like slammed that thing in the I was like, all right, it does fit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been fucking guys. You've been at it for a while life. now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was excited and nervous because I hadn't done it on camera right. or hadn't. Well, I had done it on camera, but not for a not for the world to see. Let me, let me get your thoughts on this, because like recently I had somebody on the podcast. They said, you consider yourself a porn star. I said, no. They said, but you're fucking girls on camera, you do this stuff. I go, this is why I refuse to put myself in that category. It's because I haven't really like seen that much of it, but I have a rough idea of how hard it is to be male, male talent in the mm -hmm. industry and how long they have to perform and how much goes into it. And I have a lot of respect for that. And I don't really think that me showing up for 10, 15, 20 minutes on my girls only fans is really deserving of that kind of thing. Okay, am, am so, I correct? So 10, 15 minutes on Wednesday. Is that just so I listen? I'm gonna try to perform the best I can. I'm gonna come equipped. I'm gonna have multiple rounds on deck, but I don't like like I just I've I've seen I've hired guys to do content for us with with other girls and stuff. I'm impressed. I'm I'm okay. I'm often really really wowed, and I really don't think I belong in that category. It's not because I'm like ashamed of wearing that title or anything. I just don't think I deserve it. Really, 15 minutes is pretty good. 15 saw it. I feel like yeah. in the OnlyFans age, 10 minute has become like kind of the default yeah. for a lot of stuff. Isn't that, I know that the average keeps changing, but what is it, like six or seven minutes? That's the average. In the civilian world? Yeah. Right. The people having sex. Don't quote me on that. I know. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Does that include everything, including penetration? I don't know. Right. That's a good question. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. But anyway, much shorter than 15 minutes. Is average, right. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so. Do you view it that way? Like, are you kind of okay, in I, awe of the male performers from time to time? I am in awe of them. But but getting back to the porn star thing, I wouldn't even call myself a porn star. Like, no, that's you, cringy. No, you get to wear the title. No, no, no. But you can call me that if you want. Right, but okay. if I'm like, I'm a porn star, like, it's just, you know, I'm a, I'm a porn performer. Right. And Calling yourself a star is kind of like, cringy. Yeah. I feel you. It's a bit weird. Right. Um, I mean... You're a performer. It's not your... I mean, this is kind of... This is your profession. Right. So maybe you feel uncomfortable because really, like, this is your profession. Your profe Like, you're not... I'm sure... you may I'm a porn hobbyist. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that really yeah. is how I feel, too. It's like, yeah. I just pop in. I do a little bit of this, but it's just a very side okay, thing. You're yeah. an occasional porn performer. Right. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But yeah, I am in awe of the the performances that really? the males do on camera yeah they're i mean i mean the females as well we're all sexual athletes really right yeah athletes huh it feels mm -hmm. like that every yeah. time you shoot or just some of the time um when i'm doing more uh i don't like to call it extreme but like when i'm doing acts that are more physically intensive mm -hmm. you are training for those acts you're stretching like any kind of um, athlete would you're preparing I mean we have to prepare our bodies day in day out for mm. the physical work that we do we have to eat right we have to be going to the gym we have to keep our body in like a peak physical condition when we're doing anal or double anal or gangbangs we're literally having to prepare our muscles mm. for that intake um, there's there's a lot about and and it's also like like athletes um, 
there is kind of a timeline. This, I mean, we, we do have, there are a lot of uh, older men and women in the industry, but you know, when you're, your peak is generally when you're younger, mm-hmm. just like an athlete. Do you think that your longevity in a lot of ways has been because you took everything so serious? When you talk about stretching, you talk about working out, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've interviewed a lot of adult stars who've even been in the game for a while and I don't know that they really have emphasized stuff like that. Um, I think that there's a number of factors that have contributed to my success. And I think that one of those things is that I am like, I'm very much about business. Mm. Um, I, and I take it, I take it seriously. I take it seriously as a job. I take it, I take it seriously that I'm a sexual athlete. Um, I, and I, and I take it seriously that it's not a party. You know, there, there are different people get into porn for different reasons. Um, obviously I got into it because I love sex. I wanted a, a space where I could, um, have sex with multiple people with other people that would be um, my sexual peers, that would be supportive of me um, rather than, you know, being criticized like I was outside of porn. Um, But also I realized that I could take something that I loved and make it a business. Mm. And that's really the ideal for most people is to work a job. So it's like work a job you love and you never work a day in your life. Right. And that's... Is this the only business that you've ever managed is like the business of Angela White or do you have other experience outside of that? Uh, I don't really have I mean when I was in high school I worked at Burger King and Mm. I worked at a department store so I've had experiences in other jobs but um, nothing much that would kind of help me run this business except for having the discipline to know that when I get a call time you turn up early Mm. on time is late you know Late is just don't don't turn up. You've always been like that. You've always taken it that serious. I've always taken it that seriously. I treat it like a job. It is a job. Mm. So when you get the call time, it's not oh you know traffic. I'm running thirty. It's of course, you know something can happen to anyone at any point. You know, but really, you know what the traffic's like in LA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you need to leave right. to make it there on time. So it's it's just like any other job. And I think that, um, you know, you have to realize that when you're working in porn, you, if you don't turn up, you're actually screwing up everyone else's money. Right. The, the PA, the photographer, the camera operator, um, you know, the, the other talent that um, are there to shoot that day, the makeup artist, the location. There's a lot of people that you're going to be screwing over if you mm-hmm. don't treat this like a job. Because it is one. And that's one thing I realized from talking to Spiegler and stuff is that it's an industry where, you know, there, there is culturally almost like a, an understanding between a lot of people where it's like, it's just porn. Maybe, maybe I can just fuck off. Maybe I can be late, et cetera. And he's so opposed to yeah. that. And in reality, it's not that kind of business. In reality, this is like, you know, there's a, there's a call time. There's a lot of people that are going to be there. And if you show up an hour and a half late, you're a fucking asshole. So yeah. like when I talked to Spiegler and really realized how important the professionalism mm-hmm. is for him, that really like made me understand why he was so great at his job is because he takes a, a sense of seriousness to something that maybe historically there's been a lot of people who didn't want to take it that seriously. And I, I see yeah. that in you too. So it's very clear why you're both successful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so you're you're getting into the game, mm-hmm. and then 
how, how do you proceed from there? Do you, do, you, do you start stepping it up in terms of doing, you, you don't like the term extreme, but doing more intensive things? And like, mm -hmm. was that part of what was driving you? Did you want to push yourself to the limits? Um, that's what it became at a certain point. But for example, when I first started doing boy girl, I had no plans to do anal. Okay. None whatsoever. I just didn't think that I'd be able to take porn dicks and get pounded in the ass like that. I just really didn't think that was an option for me. I've seen so, those things and I, yeah, I agree. I, I would, I would assume that you would have some doubts there. Yeah. yeah. And now I probably do more anal than anything else. Wow. Really? <laughs> so that, that kind of happened as an accident. I was webcamming at the time cause, um, I was still, I was back in Australia. So webcamming was the best way for me to earn money there. There is some porn being shot in Australia, but it's, it's a much smaller industry. So right. I had to supplement that income with webcamming. And then one night I was doing a show and I accidentally fisted my asshole. <laughs> The vibes were just right. <laughs> well, I just, I started with one finger and then I was like, oh, I could probably fit two in. And then I was, well, I could probably fit three in. And then suddenly my whole fist was inside me and I was fisting myself thinking, you know what? I guess I can do. And you've been doing adult, con you've been doing adult content all these years and you hadn't really realized that perhaps you were gifted in this regard. Yeah. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, so shout out to that guy I did that show for. <laughs> thanks to thanks to you, I now do a lot of anal porn, double anal, gangbangs, DPs, all of that. And are you? What would you describe as your motivation to do that? Is it the fact that you want to make more money? Is it the fact that you want to be the greatest version of the porn star that you already are, or is it, is it a sense of like you want to see this as art? Like, do you do you want to have this catalog? Is it important you know that you have hundreds and hundreds of scenes of extreme stuff, not extreme, intense <laughs> stuff? So part of getting into the industry was exploring my sexuality right. and wanting to do so in a safe environment. And so once I realized that I could do anal, of course I wanted to explore that. Mm. And then, well, I've done anal, so let's try DP. I want to know what that's like. I'd never done DP off camera, so I wanted to experience it. And then, of course, I had done gangbangs off camera, but never with anal. Mm. So it's like, I want to do a gangbang. It's really like, I want to experience everything that I can sexually. Right. Well, everything that I can, that's a fuck yeah. Mm, definitely. But so what keeps you going at this point when you've already done all these things? It's like, you know, maybe your first gangbang or mm. anal gangbang was this big step in this direction and you, you were scared and you were intimidated. And like, what about doing your, your 10th or your 20th or whatever? Mm. Like at a certain point, does it, does it stop feeling like a challenge? Mm, no, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, okay. You do the first and then it's like, wow, really? I love this and I want more of this. And the thing about gangbangs in porn is that it's actually very difficult to organize a gangbang. Like it's very difficult to get that many guys in a room that get along with each other, that right. can work as a team, that can all get hard and stay hard and that are all tested. Like yeah. porn is, if you like gangbangs, porn is the ultimate place for you to be. You know it's safe, everyone's tested. It's also safe in the sense that you're on set, you know if at any moment you're uncomfortable, you can call cut. Mm. You know, whereas if it's in a private situation, uh, you know, it's just a little bit more... I mean, you don't have a bunch of people like a director and a PA there that are going to stop everything if you're uncomfortable. Right. I mean, you obviously hope in that moment that if you say, hey, let's stop, it will stop. Right. 
Yeah, we've had some some girls on here basically describing them doing gangbangs in their personal life, like in Airbnbs and stuff. And that, like, as we, it, it went very, very viral, just the idea that this girl fucked 50 guys in a night or whatever. Wow. That's what she said, I know, right? But uh, I think she later might have said it was 37. Still. Still. I know, and that, that one of the main things that we were saying is like, Think about the logistics. Oh, yeah. Getting all these guys in one place, them all being tested. I don't know. Were they tested? I, I don't know. This was before she was in the industry, I think. So I don't, I, yeah. I can't say for sure. But either way, I was just like, you know, the, the, the ability to organize that, that these guys are all going to show up, that they all have the same drive to yeah. just go fuck a girl in front of a room full of other guys. I mean, that's, this is impressive. Yeah, that they can get hard in front of all those guys and that they all get along. They're not going to like, fight for the pussy or you get guys from like opposing <laughs> gangs that if you ever had guys start fighting on set it's gotta have happened right mm, no <laughs> one's ever fought sometimes there's been a little bit of tension uh. but i'm really like when most of the gangbangs that i've done i've directed mm. or i've had or i've chosen the talent right so i'm very good at knowing who works well together and who you don't put together mm, interesting Tell me if this is true or not. I had a girl tell me this, and uh, obviously not going to say names or anything, but she said that there was male talent that she was booked to work with and that he was, like, he showed up stinking like hell and had clearly been partying all the night the mm -hmm. night before. Mm -hmm. She said that he escaped through the bathroom window <laughs> to go get fucked up I heard this story. It's true. Yeah. My jaw was dropped. And she was like, yeah. his dick is so big and he's so in demand in the industry that people yeah. just let this kind of shit fly. I was like, jaw wow. dropped. I'm like, I can't believe that's a real thing. Yeah. Not, it's not, it's not common. It's very uncommon. It's, it's okay. very uncommon. Think, yeah. yeah. Like, um, most of the men in the industry, I mean, their diet has to be on point. Really? Yeah. For them to have like big loads, for them to be, you know, getting hard on and staying hard, they have to be athletic. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think you would be very successful for an extended period if you were doing drugs or anything like that. What, what, I just, what do you eat to make your loads bigger? I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, there are some, I mean, I've heard of semen acts. I mean, there are, there are guys that, I mean, they stay hydrated. Yeah, um, some, yeah, I don't know. There's certain protein shakes and stuff. I, I don't know. The best, <laughs> let me ask this. The best male talent that you've ever worked with, like, are they capable of just sort of like going over and over and mm -hmm. over and they can just get hard on demand and stuff? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, you don't need to n name names, yeah. but like describe the, the ability of like the top talent you've worked okay. with. Okay. So the ultimate talent, the ultimate male talent can get hard and stay hard without, like naturally. Right. So without taking anything, um, they're really horny. Like they're mm. actually like freaks. Right. They wanna fuck and they can just fuck for hours and then come on demand. That's right. the ultimate. And you and you have like in your head, you have like a list of guys that you know that mm -hmm. when you're booked with them, they're a dream to work with, mm -hmm. yeah. And then like to add on top, if you wanna be like even more ultimate, can fuck in a way to make the girl look really good because really? because you can fuck hard and long but then you just like putting the girl in positions that don't even look good mm. or positions that actually hurt the girl like if you're holding the girl's leg in a way for an extended period mm. that actually hurts the best they're they're it's so 
easy for them. It's like autopilot. They know where to put your leg, where it's going to be comfortable, mm. um, where you're going to be able to stay in that position for a long time, where your back is arched, where you look great, where it feels great. They can make you come. They can. I mean, that's the ultimate, ultimate. Wow. Yeah. So, guys, when you ask me, can you help me get into the industry and you see me make a face that's like, all right, like, that's why. It's because I know that there's actual, like, real talented dudes out there that are filling most of these roles. And so when you kind of show some interest, it's like, whatever, you know, go prove yourself and then tell me that you want to get into the business. And it's not my business. Like, there's a lot of people you could talk to besides me that would probably be better to talk to about that. Anyway, don't ask me though. Yeah, don't ask me. Oh my god, you probably get those DMs more than anyone <laughs> all on the earth. time. Oh my god. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, how does it feel seeing like like it's almost like it, it's hard to see what's happening sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment. But what we've seen happen to the adult industry over the course of the past couple of years is unbelievable. It's like something mm. that, in a lot of ways, I think people theorized about for years mm -hmm. and years. Like I remember somebody asked me when I interviewed Riley Reed way back in the day, somebody asked me if I would do porn and I, I responded as if it was the craziest question, you know? And then by the time I actually started doing OnlyFans stuff with my girl, it just seems like nothing. Mm -hmm. It's become normalized in a way that mm -hmm. hard to even fathom. Like how, how, did, how did, what's your perspective on that? Especially as somebody who's really part of the old guard, you came up the old school way yeah. that is, probably now going to be like much less girls are going to come up that way. They're probably mm. largely from now on going to become sort of mini OnlyFans stars and then do stuff in the business. Well, I think it's great. Yeah. Because performers have more power than they've ever had before. Performers are making more money than they ever had before. Mm. And, you know, and it really, I mean, it, it empowers all performers, but it particularly empowers women who mm. have traditionally been seen as the ones that have been disempowered and degraded through working in porn. But, I mean, the women have always earned more than men, but the women now in the industry just... They're making so much money if they're if they're doing it right. Obviously, you have to you have to be you have to be professional and build mm. your brand. It's not easy money. Right. People think it's just easy. I mean, if you're if you're really pretty, of course you're going to get booked um, a few times with every studio when you first come in. But if you're not professional, if you're not showing up on time, if you're not clean, if you know if you don't know how to handle your money, then you know you're not going to be successful in the mm. long run. Um, but um, I mean. Now it's the women that they really are directing everything and, and literally like they're directing their scenes for OnlyFans. They're the ones that are hiring the, the videographers and the photographers and they're choosing the locations and they're in charge of, of their brand and how they look and which makeup artists they hire for the most part. So it's I mean, I think it's it's really good. It reminds me of when I watch documentaries about like the crack epidemic. When when mm -hmm. crack came out, it's like you just had all these young dudes who were just making so much money from these low income neighborhoods. Now, obviously, yeah. selling crack and selling porn is a very different thing. One is <laughs> one is wrong, one is illegal, well, and one is legal. Right, <laughs> but there's something kind of magical about all these dudes from these low income neighborhoods all of a sudden being able to be rich for the first time in American history. Yeah. And when I look at this, it's kind of the same thing where like a sex worker would have had to go so unbelievably hard to earn like a, a good wage. And then they're kind of at the whim of the directors and the industry really gets to sort of like boss them around, tell them what they're worth, et cetera. And now we just have like, 
you know, it's it's not uncommon for us to meet girls who are making fifty, a hundred thousand plus a month mm-hmm. from and, and a lot of them are a lot of those girls we're talking about are not even working with male talent necessarily. They're mm-hmm. doing girl girl stuff, doing solo stuff. They get to call the shots. The industry really just has to like play catch up in a certain way. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. But from a woman's perspective, it's the best possible development. Well, and here's the great thing about this for studio porn, because some people are kind of like worried about what's going to happen to to big studio porn. But when the girls are coming to set now, you know they want to be there. Mm. So when when you're watching studio porn, you know that that girl is there because she wants to be there. Because she likes that company. Mm. Be- because she doesn't have to be there. Right. I mean, she's making more money on OnlyFans. Right. She doesn't have to come to, to shoot on, stu- on a studio set. But if she's there now, you know it's because she loves it. Right. What gets you motivated to shoot with actual studios knowing that if you just turned all your attention to shooting your own content for OnlyFans, you could probably make more? Well, I love I love shooting porn. I love the I love the collaborative environment. I love being on set. Like there's just something about creating something together. Mm. I mean, when I'm shooting OnlyFans, I am still creating with other people, but there's something about that environment with with having so many people there to create like that have a, the same vision. Um, I I like my studio work. I like the way it looks. Mm. Also. You know, it's it's good to do some studio work, to be right. honest. It's it's almost like promoting yourself for your other ventures, whether it be OnlyFans or many vids or wherever you're creating and <laughs> and putting out your content. Because I was interested in your thoughts on that, because like me and my girl, we recently took on a couple of different girls that were managing. One of the girls, I, I definitely have thought about that, like, damn, like if she shot for browsers, Vixen, et cetera, if we just like mm-hmm. lined up a certain amount of shoots or whatever, I mean, that machine is big. Like, there's yeah. a reason why girls get into the traditional porn industry and all of a sudden they get, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers on Twitter and mm-hmm. you never heard of them, but they they got on this platform and people liked them and people just followed them and boom, they got a whole career from there. I mean, the fucking studios don't own your Twitter account from there. Those are your fans that you get to market to. Yep. And I've thought about that. I've thought about telling her, like, hey, would you be down to do this? But I, I'm also not sure if it's, like, necessarily the best idea in the long term, but I think it's probably some of the best promotion you can get, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. Because, I mean, think about it. Girls do, like, content trades with each other all day or, or, like, Instagram shout-out trades all day. I mean, like, what are the major porn studios aside from, like, massive shout-out machines that have huge fan bases, you know? Yeah, it's – I'll also say that um, you learn a lot from being on set. You learn a lot about lighting. This is how, like, I ended up becoming my own producer and director. Mm. I learned from being on set. I learned, um, you know, the kinds of positions people are shooting and how low they get. Like, where is the lighting? What What's the etiquette on set? You do, you mm. learn a lot. You meet a lot of people. It's, it's for me, it's such a fun environment. Um, You're a traditionalist. I am. You are. <laughs> I can feel it for sure. I respect that though, because it's like this is—it's an art. It's like there's yeah. a there's a, a traditional way to go about it. Yes, yes, the Rolling Stones could probably play a, a virtual concert and maybe make more money, but they want to be in those venues. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Also, like, there's a lot of. Um, 
there's a lot of bad habits that are learned on like OnlyFans sets, I guess. Like sometimes mm. I see the way someone's filming and I'm almost like, oh God, what are you doing? Like mm. the other day I was doing an OnlyFans thing where um, there was another person filming and I was getting titty fucked and he came around from my POV. Now, if you do a, a, oh, a if you do my POV when I'm getting titty fucked, you're just getting a fucking dick slamming into yeah. the camera lens. I'm like, no, you have to get his POV, and I'm like, that would never happen on a <laughs> pro right. porn set. You you learn these things from going through yeah. the studio system. I'm sure if we were to really wa sit down and watch a lot of amateur OnlyFans content, we would probably be able to pick out a lot of things that... And I even notice it for myself. I notice myself filming into the ring light sometimes and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Then I realize and I'm like, fuck, I just filmed for five minutes straight and the lighting looks worse than it could have looked. On the one hand, like, I'm dying inside when I'm seeing the camera here and mm. a dick just going to the lens, I'm dying. But on the other hand, I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It looks more amateur. The fans want it to seem amateur. They want it to seem more real. This is fine. Everything's fine. Right. Wow. So you shooting into the ring light probably gives it a more real feel, like they know you're not professional. Right. Leave the soda can on the ground. Yeah. Don't pick up the McDonald's bag in the corner. This is the hardest <laughs> part for me because I know that my OnlyFans content sometimes mm. looks too professional because right. I'm... Talk about producing and directing. Like, what led to you getting involved in that? For a minute, I was starting to think that you were, like, really just so in love with the experience of showing up and being the starlet that you might not even want to take on other roles on set. Well, let me be very clear. I only direct when I'm also getting fucked. Okay. I, will, I don't direct other people when I'm not fucked. Is it really hard to do both at the same time? Yes and no. The reason... If I was doing features, like story-driven porn, then right. it would be difficult. But because I'm shooting gonzo, like my, my favorite type of porn to shoot is all sex gonzo. Okay. So I just, so that's, I mean, it's really just about the two or more people in the scene fucking how they want to fuck. Right. So my directing is more and producing is more like, okay, I'm going to control the location, choose my makeup artist, choose my photographer, choose my videographer, choose my, like, my wardrobe, choose the vibe, choose my partners. So I'm in control of all of that. And the direction that I give to say if it's with male talent, the direction I'll give to my male talent is like, I literally want you to fuck me however you would fuck me without the cameras here, like go wild, let's get crazy. That's my direction. So it's right. not like I'm asking people to do a bunch of lines. So it's much easier for me because it's really just, I allow for that spontaneity mm. when we're fucking. The only thing is every now and again, because I'm directing, I might out of the corner of my eye, see the cameraman somewhere I would prefer him like I'd prefer him to be on the connection right now rather right. than on the penetration and I have to decide in that moment okay do I just I have to trust whoever's filming I have to trust that they'll come up and capture this moment right now because if I don't want to I don't like to cut right cutting I prefer it to be camera on straight through no cuts because that's really Same. authentic yeah i hate I hate having to cut something <laughs> yeah. i just feel like if i could get a good hour or two like straight that's so much better than like you know a do you mind if i just need to it. use the restroom can we cut you can no i'm kidding but yeah because you, you can feel it because i have to do that sometimes i'll do a four-hour interview i got to go take a piss and it's like i come back and the energy is a little different yeah and I just, I hate yeah. That, you know? yeah yeah um 
I wanted to ask, uh, do you, are you interested in doing more like business in porn aside from just you being the talent and stuff like because mm -hmm. it occurs to me as we're having this conversation that you could probably start like a porn studio if you wanted to and just given how specialized you are how much you know it mm -hmm. could probably be competing with some of the top brands and stuff like does that uh, does that appeal to you are you interested in like forming businesses have you thought about like maybe one day you're going to be 50 and you aren't going to want to shoot anymore and maybe you want to have like like what, what do you think about the long term like that yeah i do um I, right now i just love to fuck so that's that's my focus is is performing in porn right. um but i you know i've thought about like creating my own platform and i'm definitely thinking future but ideally i would make enough money performing um and invest in the right way that when it comes to that i don't necessarily have to have another business mm -hmm. like i can retire and i've i've made my money um so we'll see we'll s uh, i just i just can't get away from the fucking mm. like i've had a lot of really good uh, like directing offers right. from companies saying you know direct for us which would obviously be me directing without fucking and i'm just like ah that doesn't sound like a good use of your ah, tuesday i just want to i just want to jump in <laughs> right. i just <laughs> you ever think about hanging it up though you ever think about like when your body might tell you this is no longer a fuck yeah experience but when does your body ever not enjoy sex yeah. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, do you just do you see a version of your? Because I think about that with myself sometimes. Like, okay, I'm doing this now. Am I going to be doing it in ten years? I don't know. Maybe, okay. maybe I want to hang it up by then. But okay. it's not going to mean that I don't enjoy sex. It's just going to be maybe at a certain point, I've done enough that I might want to take a step back from it. Has mm -hmm. that even? It doesn't seem like that's really no. on your radar. That's not, <laughs> that's that's not that's on my radar. You found you yeah. found your true love. <laughs> yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Um, okay. I have a, a couple of things I want to ask about. Okay. What? So when you ran for office, mm -hmm. explain to me how this went and, and what motivated that. Um, okay. So I was asked by the Australian Sex Party, which right. is legitimate political party in Australia. They've actually changed their name now. I can't remember. To so for the record, we have two parties. Mm -hmm. And you guys have so many parties that you can just have the sex party. Yeah. Must be nice. Yeah, the Australian Sex Party. Mm. So they asked me to run because um, they, I ran in the city of Richmond and there was um, someone, a woman running um, for, uh, it was the Greens. Oh, it's been so long now. Um, Kathleen Maltzen. And her policy was that she wanted to shut down all the brothels in Melbourne. Mm. So she was running off like a Swedish model where, um, you know, you... you um, uh, the, the men that are partaking in the sexual services, they become the, the criminal. Um, and basically that, the reason it doesn't work is that it makes sex work unsafe mm. for the women involved. So right. regardless of, of what, you, what you think of sex work, if, 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 you, if your type of feminism is that you believe that it's degrading to women, the reality is if you're a feminist, you should you should uh, care about the safety of right. the sex workers involved. And what shutting sex work does down does is push it underground. Right. So it makes it less safe for the women involved. Now, um, brothel work and escorting is legal in Australia. Okay. So there's different, there's slightly different laws for each state, but um, the brothels that were in Melbourne, which was where I was running, they're completely legal. Okay. So she was trying to shut down um, this industry that was totally legal. And my job wasn't to win the seat. 
my job was to draw attention to the fact that this was one of her policies. And she was running for um, the Greens Party, which is generally very, like, uh, progressive. Mm. So they're usually very sex, sex positive, sex worker positive. So this was kind of counter to their usual narrative. So my job was, like, to be like, hey... Like, this is happening, do not vote for her, and kind of funnel votes it, away it, from her. Is your general perception of the brothel sort of thing in Australia is that it runs very well and it's very safe and it's like it, it, it performs well? There's not a lot of crime um, related to it and whatnot? I, I honestly can't tell you the ins and outs of it. I, right. I, haven't, I haven't worked in that scene in Australia or here, so I just I don't really know. Um, there they could very well be improvements that need to be made but i'm not the person to ask all i knew is that the sex workers themselves were saying that if you shut down the brothels you make our work unsafe you put our lives in danger right. so that was like okay that's my concern right because i mean having been to like you know amsterdam for example standing in that i was young i was like 19 and i'm just looking at the women and they're they're able to perform their job mm -hmm. it's clearly much much safer than the alternative it was just mm -hmm. i'm like there's no way that you could consider this worse than women having to walk up and down the street and mm -hmm. deal with who knows what amount of violence and having to go back to random dudes apartments or even in la there's just like streets where pretty much 100% of the sex that's taking place is just like in people's cars and stuff. Yeah. And I've had conversations with some of those women who have been beaten and raped and obviously have no way to get any kind of justice, no way to report it, no way to do anything. They're lucky they didn't get killed. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine anyone really looking at these two options side by side and deciding that women ro roaming the street and getting fucked in cars is a better option. Yeah. Yeah. And when it's legal, uh, the women have recourse to, you know, like you said, justice. They, right. they can call the cops if something happens. Whereas if it's illegal or underground, uh, they, you know, they're going to be scared to contact yeah. the authorities. So, um, uh, so I got enough votes that because uh, she had a very good chance of winning that seat. Mm. So my job was literally just to take votes from her. And I did that. So I was like, yep, that was a success. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. Um, also wanted to ask uh, about, it's kind of always been like a thing, but there's always like the, the mode that certain women get into where they spend some time in the porn industry and then they exit mm -hmm. and then they shit on it and they have <laughs> negative things to say. Sometimes those things are very valid because, you know, they might have been dealing with some misconduct on set, et cetera. Obviously, don't want to take anything away from people like that. Mm -hmm. But you do sort of see how this becomes like a grift at a certain point where people just sort of use their porn experience to then talk down on it. They get to appeal to the audience who 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 looks at that kind of thing and says, aha, look, it's all fucked up. She was in the industry and she says it's fucked up. How do you feel about that? And, and do you see that being like a growing or, or slowing trend? Uh, um, okay, so it's how do I feel about when someone has a terrible experience in the porn industry? I hate that. Mm. I, I'm like it, it saddens me because it's true. Like not everybody does have a great experience. I'm very privileged in that I've had a wonderful experience. Um, I've also, you know, being able to, through that privilege, put myself in positions where I'm not going to be um, in a vulnerable position. I work with who I want to work with. I choose my talent. I choose the companies. You know, I'm now a Brazos contract star. So, you know, it's, I, I understand that I'm in a privileged and powerful position. Um, not everybody has the experience I have. And I think that, you know, there's always ways any industry could improve. Mm. And I think that we as an industry do need to um, work on 
making uh, sets safe. And I think that many companies have actually like turned up and done what's needed to be done. Like even mm. Brazzers has a consent list. Like when you come to set, you go through pages of um, acts and you list like what you will do, what you won't do, what you're willing to do. But like you, there's like a description of, you know, where you can kind of like, you know, yes, I'll be slapped, but softly or mm. no, no hair pulling unless it's, you know. So there's a, a lot of companies um, stood up and said, okay, we're going to make these sets safe. They um, c conversed with performers asking like, how can we make your experience on set more comfortable, fun, um, ethical? And I think that the industry is really improving. Now, even if you have great experiences on set, if you have any shame related to sex, mm. you might still not enjoy your you, like your time in porn. Right. If, if you hold on to any of those you know, societal stigmas. Um, porn isn't for everyone. You do have to be, you, have, you really need to be a confident person and confident enough to take criticism because you will be criticized for the decisions that you've made. Right. Even though sex work is becoming a little more normalized, especially after the pandemic. I feel mm. like everyone got an OnlyFans after that. And so it's normal for people to know a sex worker. But yeah, I... I, I guess I'm I'm saddened by the fact that the people that come out against the industry, I'm I'm saddened that they had a bad experience. Mm, definitely. Yeah. But it also just sucks to see the whole industry painted with a, a very broad brush in those incidents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it'll be like one director or a certain mm. company, and then every company gets tarred. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, messy stuff. We got to, yeah. you know, I, I don't really know what to say about it. It just like, it does kind of rub me the wrong way sometimes when I see people. But then at the same time, you know, you got to, you got to feel from a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay. So what do you have coming up? Anything in particular that stands out that you're excited about or? Um, well, I'll use this as my plug to say I'm a Brazzers contract star now. Amazing. So I did my, my debut contract scene just came out. It was a gangbang, of course. Mm. So <laughs> I wanted to start my contract with a bang. Right. A gangbang. I think they sent me a login. I can't remember, yeah. but I should go check that out either way. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I chose all my male talent and it was crazy. We did DP, double anal, double vag, triple penetration. Triple vag, yeah. Jesus Christ. No, 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 wait, no, no. Triple oh. penetration. So oh. when I say triple penetration, not three in one hole. So I've done two in the vag, two in the ass, and then done like two in the ass, one in the vag, so triple penetration. Right. Two in the vag, one in the ass. Did I say that? Or two? The, both variations. Right. I, I think it's so impressive that you're able to get so many guys together that don't mind having their wieners pressed right. up against other guys' wieners and stuff. Because yeah. that to me, I, I think that's kind of on my no list. But I think it's cool I think that it they... would feel so good. <laughs> like I think it would feel so good. Right. Like it's like just frotting inside a woman. Frotting. It's frotting. Yeah. What like, is that's frotting? Fr frotting. It's like when you, you know, rub your dicks together, but then you're doing it inside a hole. That's hot. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm gonna stick to just uh, <laughs> observing it on the screen personally. But if yeah. I had a dick. <laughs> Listen, if you had a dick. Lord knows what you would be doing with it. There'd be all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Well, anyway. Oh, maybe I've done quadruple penetration, actually, because sometimes I've done, I've done triples and then had one in my mouth. So I don't know if that's... Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
but nothing but respect for my president. But don't you think like the the hole would just get so much tighter? Like if you had two dicks in one hole, like it would just feel. Listen, I don't know. I, it's, it's a little edgy from my perspective. I'll admit, I'm not open-minded enough that I could really imagine myself doing this. But in theory, sure, yeah. Hurt. I can imagine it being a, a good old no, time. No, am I like the only one? <laughs> my, my fairly conservative non-porn employees are both all looking like, at us like, Jesus don't Christ. Don't you want to try everything? Like, everything, everything, obviously everything that's consensual and right. whatever. But, like, within the bounds of, of what's legal and consensual, don't you want to like experience everything on the your this is your one chance on earth don't you want to like what if you finally did it and it was the best thing you've <sighs> ever done but i will say this it's very easy in this industry to begin to feel vanilla <laughs> you know to begin to feel like well jesus christ everybody else is doing this maybe i'm kind of boring like maybe i should do that i don't think it's going to allow me or lead me in the direction of actually doing that kind of thing at okay. this point but I, I feel what you're saying. For yeah, sure. and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to pressure you at all. I just think. I think it's hot. And if I show up on Wednesday and you got some male talent, you're like, guess what? Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> you could try it with a dildo, so that then mm. there's because if, I mean, random story. <laughs> 2011. I was with this girl that I was seeing at the time. We 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 go out drinking in Vegas. We get a hotel room, whatever. We're hooking up after in the, in the hotel room. We're doing anal. She jammed like two additional of her own fingers in her ass. Oh, yeah. I was like, I had ne I'd never seen that before. It blew my mind. Did it? Did it feel good? Yes. See. I wasn't complaining. See. But also just bl blew my mind into a million pieces. Couldn't believe it was a real thing. But do you do you see what I'm saying? Like when you fill it up, the fingers felt good. I'm just saying. No, I yeah, yeah I feel you. Yeah. I mean, if it's about the other guy, I get it. Okay, that's not part of your sexual repertoire. But <laughs> fingers or a toy. You never know. Yeah. Anything could happen. Yeah. My girl would probably you kind of love, already tried it. My girl would love this idea. Do it. Angela White. <laughs> <laughs> the pride of Australia. One of the greatest to ever do it, in my opinion. Oh, thank you. You're, you're looking forward to being in the in the record books maybe one day, like. You know, sometimes we wonder, like, what still drives Drake to, like, be at mm. number one in the charts for so long. Do you feel like, in a way, like, you're working on your, you're, you're hanging up the jerseys in the, in the stadium? I don't know if that happens in, in, in Australia. But. I don't, I already broke all the records. Like, mm. I'm, I'm the first female to win Performer of the Year three times. Wow. So, I mean, the, and that was never really the drive for me. That was a great, um... I mean, that was the cherry on top, like the, that kind of recognition that that it felt great to be recognized by my peers right. and and all my hard work recognized as well. Mm. But like it's the sex that drives me. It's the exploration that drives me. It's my passion for it. So I'm going to keep going. I mean, I guess until I am no longer passionate about it. and I just can't see that happening. <laughs> Nothing but respect. Yeah. Thank you. Angela White. No jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, Patreon, OnlyFans, all that shit. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. And we're going we're gonna to have an encounter. On an, Wednesday. An entanglement, if you will. Yeah. So y'all know where to look for that. Your dick and some of my fingers in one hole. Ah! <laughs> Thank you.